It is truly incredible the lengths to which we will go in order to get other people to desire us or to like us. Two years ago, I was visiting my family in St. Louis, and one night, my brother-in-law and I went to a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game, and there's a little place called Ballpark Village right across the street from the stadium, and we were sitting out there, we were catching up, we were having a beer together, it was a lovely evening, and we're sitting there at this picnic table, and a little, maybe a stone's throw away, there was a group of teenage girls, probably 13, 14 years old, and for about 15 minutes, they were doing this dance, or I, I guess you could call it a dance, I have no idea what it was. But it was blatantly obvious, it was weird. My brother-in-law and I are looking at this, we're like, what on earth is going on? And then one of them walked over and picked up a cell phone. And the best we could figure, because neither one of us is in that space, is that they were making a TikTok video or something along those lines. But it was incredible, in a, in a space of thousands of people, real, living, breathing human beings, they were making a video. Why? Because they wanted people online who they will never meet to click like, to watch their video, to desire them. And we do things like this all the time. Maybe not that extreme, but in the way we dress, in the way we talk, sometimes even the things that we study in school or the groups of people with whom we spend our time. We are so desirous of being desired. But ultimately, the desires for this world and the things of this world are finite. Those girls, their video, you may all know about this video. You may have all seen it. I have no idea. I'm not on TikTok. Maybe the video went viral. Maybe thousands or hundreds of thousands of people watched it. But guess what? At a certain point, people stopped watching it. And they still desired those young girls to be known, to be cherished to be loved. You see, that desire, brothers and sisters, is infinite. We have an infinite desire for something greater than ourselves. And in the resurrection, the infinite God shows us that that desire that we have is for Him and His desire is for us. Because when Jesus rises from the dead, let us remember that the price for our sins and the overcoming and conquering of sin and death was the cross. That price had been paid. When Jesus rises from the dead, he is coming to you and to me. And he is saying, that thing that you desire in the depths of your heart, it is me and I desire to be with you. And I am no longer bound by time or space. I desire to be with you. In those moments of fear and trepidation, like we see in the gospel, the empty tombs of your life, the things about which you are ashamed. Remember just a couple of days before, Peter and all of the other apostles except for John abandoned the Lord in his hour of need. And Jesus shows them in the empty tomb that he is there again for them. That even that embarrassment, even that rejection of him doesn't matter to him because he loves them and he did it all for them and he chose them anyway. 
And not only that, we hear also, and we'll hear it throughout this week, this Easter octave. Remember, Easter is eight days long, so celebrate all week long. It's a wonderful and incredible gift to be able to celebrate for eight days like it's Easter. By about Wednesday, you get to a certain point and you ask yourself, can I eat any more food? And the answer is oftentimes for me, yes, but I probably shouldn't. We are celebrating this because we not only see in the stories that we'll hear throughout the week is that Jesus finds us in those moments. When we are walking and searching with our friends, we hear the story of Jesus with the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. In those moments of our life where we are questioning everything, where we are uncertain, where we are treading a new path, who meets us along the way? Jesus. In those moments of our life where we are saddened and abandoned, where we are confused and conflicted, as Mary Magdalene will hear in a couple of verses later in the Gospel of John, is there in the garden, who is the one to meet her but the risen Lord, Jesus. That ache that you have in your heart, that desire you have to be known, to be loved, to be cherished, it is Jesus whom you dream of. It is Jesus whom you seek. When you seek those things, turn to the Lord with all of your heart because he is not bound by any of that. In fact, such is the power of God's love for you, such is the power of the resurrection that through the graces of baptism, God dwells within you. You are temples of the Holy Spirit now. God desires you. He chooses you. He wants you. You, how then, this is the question for the entirety of our life, can we start to turn the desires of our heart more and more toward God, toward his love, toward his mercy, toward his truth? And if the story of Emmaus is any indication, we didn't hear that today, that's an option for tonight, where do we find God? Where do we seek and find God in this world, risen from the dead and alive? It's in the Eucharist, brothers and sisters. Not only does Jesus desire us, but he comes to us in the Eucharist and gives us himself. He is as present to you and to me as he was to the apostles, as he was risen from the dead to all of those who he encountered. He is alive. He is with us, and He chose you. He desires you, and He offers you Himself. Every one of us came, like Peter and John and Mary Magdalene tonight, to the empty tomb, not knowing what we would find there. A little confused, a little conflicted, maybe a little broken down and beaten up. Jesus is here. He is risen. He is alive. He wants you.